Many wool growers who made it through drought in recent years have enjoyed a relatively good season last year and now experiencing a wet summer. Green feed has of course been welcome, but wet summers come with potential issues such as blowflies and worms. And in this episode, we flag these two vital issues. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. So a little later, we'll bring you the highlights of the very popular Fly Time webinar, but first to worm control. Dr. Steve Cotton is the founder of Dynamic Ag, an independent livestock consultancy in Western Victoria. He says high egg counts now come off the back of good rains in winter and spring last year before this relatively wet summer. So given this, I've asked him just how often people should be conducting faecal egg counts, particularly amongst young sheep. On, um, on young sheep, Marius, we'd, um, you know, on replacement type sheep, five to six weeks, every five to six weeks at the moment. Um, typically for terminal lambs, and I suspect that the majority may have already been sold by now, but we'd be um, typically trying to follow the New Zealand model where we're drenching terminal lambs every four to five weeks. Um, and then mature ewes, I guess, every six to seven weeks or as needed. So, um, you know, the, the big issue this year has been barber's pole worm, and that doesn't present as scouring sheep. In fact, it causes constipation. So where we've had clients have noticed um, some accumulation of fluid under the jaw, or bottle jaw as it's called, um, and the lambs get or the ewes get quite anemic. I mean, it's, it's more of an issue for young sheep rather than old sheep, but We've had clients with lambs on summer crops that have looked quite pale in the gums and eyelids um, and they're reluctant to get up and walk around and, and you know, examination of the gut post-mortem has revealed big burdens of barber's pole. Um, so where you start to see a tail forming and where they've been on, on some human feed, uh, where they're still growing quite well, I guess the, the effects of the worms are generally masked by that good nutrition. So um, a lot of people have been surprised with their high levels of, of worm burdens this year given how the lambs look. So I think the point to make there is um, just because the sheep are travelling along quite well, it doesn't mean that um, they don't have worms. It, it might mean that um, they're still growing all right and the worms might be having as big an effect, but they're still contributing to the pasture contamination. So I think... You know, the message there is to remain vigilant and, uh, you know, for the sake of a $30 test, check your lambs every four to five weeks. Should people use their lambs, their weaners, their young stock as uh, as sort of the lighthouse, as the as the canary in the cage? Should that be your, your monitor flock or should you be doing tests across your whole flock? Uh, typically, your youngest sheep are the most susceptible, Marius. So when... You know, resistance to worms typically takes around 12 months to develop. And so we typically see higher levels um, in our younger stock. And by the time sheep are a couple of years old um, and older, uh, typically a lot of the larvae that they ingest don't actually uh, establish into adult worms. So the, the, the important uh, component of this is really monitoring your, your animals that are less than two years of age, uh, checking occasionally the adult sheep and, and developing a bit of a plan from there. 
Right, so the frequency that you've been talking about, they're drenching um, quite often, five to seven weeks, even for older stock through the through this summer, surely raises a flag around resistance and rotation. It does, Marius. It's, a, um, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, you know, as an industry. I, I tend to think we've got an over-reliance on, on uh, Zolvix and, and StarTech, so... Um, the Quantil, which is in StarTech, the Active and Monopanto and Zolvix. Uh, we typically go to those products through the uh, summer period um, and we typically try and leave the combination type ventures through the um, autumn, winter and spring. I'm not aware of any new products that are um, in testing or, or due to be released. So uh, it's not to say that some of the pharma companies don't have uh, new actives that they've developed and are doing some in-house testing, but um, I'm not aware of anything that's um, going to hit the market in the foreseeable future. So I guess what the challenge is, as an industry, is to um, you know not necessarily drench willy-nilly, but, but test prior to drenching and only drench animals that need it, so we can prolong the life of, of some of these actives. So it's, a, it's an integrated approach. It's not as simple as... Um, you know, just using a triple combination for winter and then using StarTech in summer. We've got to give it a bit more thought. So, based on some of the trench resistance tests we've done uh, around Victoria, Morris, in the last eight to ten years, um, we've got, uh, you know, resistance to the white and clear trenches around 52% of properties um, have got resistance to the white and clear, the duo care combination. Around 70% of farms have got ivermec resistance, which is not surprising. Uh, we've seen, we see about 25% of properties with resistance to avermectin, uh, 10% to moxidectin. We haven't uh, uncovered any resistance to the uh, avermectin triple combination branch, fortunately. Uh, nothing to Zolvix today, no resistance to StarTect. No resistance to NAPFIX, which is a, um, you know, a um, NAPFALOFOS abamectin combination branch, and no resistance to tridectin, which is the moxidectin uh, mixed with duocare to make a, a three-way moxidectin combination. So, you know, the, I think what that highlights is the combination branches are still uh, very effective, Marius, the single active Components, I guess, are not, um, and then they vary from, from property to property. I mean, we've, we've got clients that have got severe resistance to abamectin by itself, but when it's mixed with, with the duo care to make a combination drench, it's, it's 99% effective or better. So I think, you know, if you want something to take away from these results, avoid using single active drenches, and I know. You know, particularly moxidectin or cydectin gets gets a pretty good run, uh, particularly pre-lambing um, or, um, or at weaning because of the low withholds. And, um, you know, we don't have any issues with, with people using, you know, single active drenches provided it's not, provided they understand uh, their resistance status and know that it's working and provided they don't fall into the trap of, of the convenience factor and, and continue to use it year in, year out. The sensible approach is to use combination branches wherever possible rather than 
rather than single actors. So. How would you sum things up, Steve, in terms of the dangers that are presented this summer? Well, I think uh, remain vigilant is is really important. Um, you know, the lambs, you know, with the feed we've got around, uh, any replacement new lambs and, and sale new lambs are still going really well. And I guess there's a tendency to, um, you know, look at them and think they're weigh them and, and say, well, they're moving forward, so they're, they're travelling quite well, they're counting worms, but we disprove that every day. Uh, so monitor sheep closely, you know, conduct some egg counts um, on younger sheep every four to five weeks uh, and only drench when required. Um, understand your resistance status. So if you haven't done a drench resistance test in the last three or four years, talk to your local veterinarian or, or sheep consultant and see if you can um, get something called when I was there. And, and at least that way you know what's effective and what's not. But above all else, yeah, just, just keep monitoring and um, keeping your finger on the pulse. Yeah, it is uh, an interesting year for all this, but very much appreciate your time on the podcast today. Thanks for having a yarn with us. Thanks, Morris. Appreciate it. Dr. Steve Cotton from Dynamic Ag there. And head to wormboss.com.au. And in case you need a reminder... Wormboss, wormboss, it's absolutely great. Have you seen the latest thing to kill off worms and sheep? Yes, that's it. Believe it or not, that is the official Worm Boss song. And there is, in fact, a worm webinar hosted by Sheep Connect New South Wales on their site as well. Okay, so recently the AWI Fly Time webinar was very well received. It was presented by veterinarian and sheep consultant Dr Tim Gole. Here are some of the key messages. There are three basic conditions uh, for fly strike to occur. Um, firstly is the presence of susceptible sheep. Next, we have the presence of flies. And the third condition required is favourable weather conditions. And they're the kind of cornerstones of, of today's kind of mindset. We're going to start with weather. Weather conditions play a big role in determining the risk of fly strike. The risk of fly strike is greatest during warm and wet conditions. This usually coincides with spring and autumn, but it can occur throughout the year if climatic conditions make sheep more susceptible to fly strike and favour fly reproduction. So the Australian sheep blowfly activity increases when temperature is above 15 degrees, but they're most active between 26 and 36 degrees. Um, they don't like wind, and so they like wind speeds less than nine kilometres, and fly activity stops completely when wind is greater than 30 kilometres an hour. They like rainfall to be regular and consistent, and the reason this is is that the strike risk increases dramatically when there's enough rain to keep the sheep's skin moist for two or more days. So frequent small falls of rain are more conducive to fly strike than the occasional heavy fall because there's less opportunity for the skin to strike out, dry out. Sorry. So how to, how to prevent a fly strike? 
So let's have a look at this. And we want to avoid the panic. Remember, prevention is better than cure. Having an integrated plan with broad-ranging tools helps minimise strike without the over-reliance on chemicals. Preventative activities which help reduce the risk of fly strike include classing and modifying sheep, which includes breeding and selecting sheep which are less susceptible to fly strike, as well as mulesing high-risk sheep and docking lambs' tails to, to optimum length when marking. Shearing and crutching to reduce wool length, so wool dries out more quickly, particularly around the breach. This also reduces the prevalence of dags. Applying preventative chemicals to sheep to protect against strike. Reducing the risk of scouring, which causes dag, and careful selection of paddocks. All reduce fly populations. Prevention is better than cure, and that's where we want to focus our energy. So to complete their life cycle, female adult flies must have access to feeds that are rich in protein. Preventing additional strike means break, we're going to break that blowfly life cycle by removing sources of protein, including carcasses, household waste, any fleece or waste animal material, dags, dirty wools, horn tips, tails. Killing maggots when you treat fly strike is also super important as this obviously breaks the life cycle. Even maggots that have been treated with dressing should be killed as these may hatch into flies that are resistant to chemical treatments. Um, and remember... Just because flies are that don't travel far, you've got an opportunity to manage them at isolated sites and at the property level, you can make a significant distance to the broader spread of flies. Um, no single preventative monitoring or treatment activity should be used alone as a strategy. We're using them all together. These, these are prevention, monitoring and treatment activities. We need to consider the, the sheep, the flies and the weather holistically. Guys, Crash ball that really quickly. Um, thank you for spending time. Thanks for your attention. I hope that um, adds a bit of value. Dr. Tim Gold there, veterinarian and sheep consultant, and that webinar, Fly Time, is available now at wool.com. Okay, so thanks for your company as always from me, Marius Cumming. Thanks for having a yarn with us. Absolutely great. It helps you 